Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 70. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be launching the new Doxicology album. Woo! <laughs> Delving into the secrets of the studio with producer Matt Weeks. Reflecting on August's Women in Scripture Challenge and setting a new challenge for September. Hello, Sam. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm, yeah, I am. I'm... I'm happy. You're working your little... Uh... I am working hard, yes. Good, yes. But there's always more work to do than one imagines at the times when the work needs doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm, this is exciting. We're launching this today. We are launching Doxicology today to Whee! the world. That's cool, man. Yeah, there's, there's, there's always a little bit of a... Um, like you work really hard up to this stuff and then you go, right, ready, steady, press launch, go! And then, and then it's just like tumbleweed. You know, like, why haven't? Why isn't the whole world talking about this? Why hasn't everybody bought an album yet? I mean, it's been out there for four minutes. <laughs> I sit there hitting refresh on things. I'm like, come on, come on. Um, not everybody else gets as excited as I do. I have to say, this album um, has more buzz around it than mm. anything we've done so far great. so i've been in great, touch great, great. with a lot of people this last couple of weeks um lots of churches denominations and so on have environmental officers now they something they sort of take seriously yeah. and have someone to champion that who have just all been delighted to hear from me which is really lovely because i think sometimes you know you write a bunch of new worship songs and you try and send out some press releases and everyone goes oh, that's a bunch of more worship songs from some people i've never heard of yeah and whereas this is oh wow those would be really useful. Those are really good. And yeah. and also because it's Season of Creation or Creation Tide, which some churches observe. And in mm. the UK, there's a thing called Climate Sunday, which has been launched. Um, so there's some really clear stuff for it to kind of dovetail in with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very thrilled about it. That's cool. Very cool. And have you, have you managed to get any holiday or anything? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, because I haven't seen it. You weren't here in August, were you? Um, nope. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Isles of Scilly and had a... Really lovely time. I would love to go back again. Aww. But, you know, next year. We've already booked. And oh, you, yeah. Actually, you... I, did, I did hear you telling Keiko about it. And yeah, it sounded amazing. you listened in on my conversation. It was a great podcast. She it was awesome. good, wasn't it? I'm surprised yeah. I'm back, to be honest. I thought you'd email me and like, oh, I've decided I, I, Keiko's, honestly, Keiko's in now. Honestly, I was going to. I just <laughs> forgot. I've so, been so busy, I forgot to sort it out. So <laughs> maybe for next time. We can sack you for next time. But for yeah. now, you were here. Feel free. Um, you were in, you were in Sweden? Yeah, Sweden was great, really good, uh, and I also got in uh, a song share, a United Adoration oh, yeah. song share, and I'm actually planning on, uh, again, this is not going to help the dear listener because uh, it's going to be in the past, but tonight yeah. I'm hoping to go to another song share. Oh, cool. Because um, they're re- really good, really encouraging, and, you know, it's this thing, isn't it? The the forum is great, and it's limited because, you know, it's only... yeah you know, text or, or recording things for each other. But when you can actually look at each other's eyes and it was it was just that real kind of people grinning and making jokes and encouraging you and so yeah, I definitely recommend them. I did see somebody on the Facebook page said, Oh, I've only just realised this Facebook page is here. So probably worth saying that <laughs> there you know, is a Facebook page. There is a twelve song challenge yeah. Facebook page. Uh, as well as obviously the the kind of the stuff on the Slack um yeah. forum. So, so we do hang out a bit on Facebook, don't we? Yeah, it's it's worth using that for for things like the song shares and the that stuff. Can we do a big um, a big round of applause for Rachel and United Adoration for all this lovely stuff they're doing? To help oh, yeah, all this stuff yeah. that we're not doing. Um, yeah, it's brilliant, it, brilliant. It's kind of playing to strengths, isn't it? There is no doubt at all that I I'm far more at home in the online forum um, without <laughs> actually seeing real people having real conversations. <laughs> and somebody like you is much happier having actual living breathing people around and if they're yes. not going to be in the room with you then being it's on the other end of a very a zoom call is is good isn't it so yeah big real big thanks to them um this 12 song challenge has just gone from strength to strength this year so we're dead excited yeah about it. And we're yeah. already pondering next year so you might want to um yeah if you've got ideas thoughts yeah let's know send them in So, we have Matt Weeks with us. Hello, Matt. Hello. 
Matt, producer extraordinaire on the Doxicology Project. And this uh, album is coming out today, if you're listening to this on the 1st of September. And uh, <laughs> how are you doing, Matt? Yeah, good, thanks. Great to be with you guys. Thanks how's, for having me. Uh, how's 2020 treating you? Yeah, it's been a weird one, hasn't it? Um, but it's actually been amazing. We've sort of managed to get through, you know, pretty well, actually, which is we're really yeah. grateful to God. You know, it's been so yeah. good at, you know, providing all sorts of work and keeping things ticking over. So we're really, I think, yeah, like you know, wiping the sweat from our brows because at one point you did sort of see life flash before you a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Things start to get cancelled. Yeah, loads of live stuff cancelled. Yeah, no gigs, no gigs at all. So that sort of whole thing disappeared. And um, Were we the last people a... in the studio before lockdown? Was yeah. it like pretty much the day, the the day I travelled home? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Boris that coming said. in. And there was a lot of hand washing and there you know, let's stay away from each other and don't share cups. And... Yeah. yeah. And I think I got ill just after that. You did. <laughs> yeah, like the, the day thing. I came home. Did you add the thing? I had, I had the thing. Blimey. And it was it was a mild flu, which obviously it means it might not be the thing, but I've definitely lost my sense of smell. <gasps> definitely. <gasps> Can't smell anything. You haven't anything. told me that before. Have I not? So <laughs> that means I'm I might have sure. had the thing. Because that's now elevated to, that's like top yeah. criteria, isn't it? Cough, wow. temperature, smell. Oh, crikey. So, um, I know. Weird. I, need, I need to have an antibody test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. <laughs> Suddenly glad we're doing this via Zoom. Oh, um, anyway, well, good stuff. So... So I think it's fair to say that this project has probably been the longest running one we've we've done of these sort of album projects. How did you come to sort of do the the selection process, Joel, and getting the songs written and all of that? Yeah, well, I mean, it has been definitely the longest. I think like over two years since we first mm. started kicking around the idea of what we were calling eco songs at yeah. the time. Before, in some conversation somewhere between Matt Osgood and Chris Juby, they came up with a. Mm. Clever. It was a 12 song challenge thing, wasn't it? There Years was a 12 ago. song challenge right at the beginning of it, Eco Songs 12 yeah. song challenge where yeah. where we started it. And then and then we kicked off write, writing these things and I mean I've told this story before a bit but we sort of well, well do you remember that 12 song challenge everybody was writing five verse epics. Yeah. Cuz we just yeah. all had so much to get off our chest. And yeah. It, we had to get through that process before we started writing some more sensible songs. Yeah. We thought, okay, now I can just focus in on some stuff. And I remember a, a little, maybe six months or so into it, and we would, it was going pretty well. But with Jubilate, which is our kind of sister organisation, we'd done a search for new hymns on themes of peace for um, mm. Armistice Day. And just thought it would be a really good thing to throw it wide open and invite submissions from everyone everywhere. Mm. Um, so we did. And um, that took us, so we did that over autumn last year, um, and that particular collection of of submissions, plus the ones we've written from us, took us about 150 songs that we then had to sift through. Um, And it's interesting, that process, when you you have a whole load of songs like that, there's always two or three, maybe, and maybe it's no more than that, where you just think, yes, definitely, that's in, Mm. we're having that. And then there's probably quite a big chunk when you get the submissions from the general public where you fairly quickly can say, no, not that one. Mm. Um, I, either because they actually they just weren't really closely related to the theme enough or you just we'd more or less have to completely rewrite the song. Um, and then there's a whole bunch in the middle which are either have a, a little idea or a little spark or something or are actually a really kind of well-formed song and, and it could be. So it's kind of we just went through sort of stage after stage, whittling it down. I was sharing stuff with Sam and with Chris Juby as well, gradually whittling down until we had a really small selection and then we're just mm. trying to see what we can work on uh, and bounce them around. I was really thrilled actually that we ended up with three songs that were submitted from outside the group. So we've got one yeah. on the album by um, Tim and Alex Ferguson. Tim is the dad, Alex is the son, so it's pretty oh, cool. cool. They're in a song together. Um, and so they're pleased to have that one in, in there. So you saw that it was good. And Keiko, who is clearly is Keiko of this parish now, but, but back in the day was just Keiko um, yeah. sending us a song. Beautiful. I mean, clearly you hear the, hear the album, but beautiful um, kind of gut-wrenching lament, really mm. kind of rich. And I love, I love the way that Keiko's kind of classical training finds its way in sometimes into the harmonies and the melodies yeah. that she writes. And then lovely to have a song from Paul Zuck and um, Andy Zipf, who um, who wrote Let All Creation Sing. And it's just one of those songs with a melody that 
I wish I could write. It's so simple. Yeah. And I look at it and I think, why can't I write that? I love it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I can't. Yeah. It, it's got to pour out of a certain kind of person. Let all creation sing before the Lord And every nation of the earth rejoice Let all the trees lift a shout of joy For the Lord is King Let the deep waters of the sea resound Let every mountain, every hill sing out Let all the fields make a joyful sound For the Lord is King Mighty river, barren desert, howling wind and stormy weather. Every canyon, every valley, sing a praise and give him glory. Nature proclaims the glory of our God. Nature proclaims his name. Let our creation sing and I, th- I feel like what you ended up with was songs that did what well, you said you know initially there were five verse ep- epics and they mm. were trying to do every aspect of the the issues within one song I feel like now yeah. you've got songs that you know one a song that does lament and then a song that does confession and then a song that does celebration and then a song that does telling the story you know so each one is fulfilling a different purpose yeah rather than each song trying to fulfill all the purposes every, absolutely yeah and it would have been Thinking of it as a collection is quite useful in that respect because it would get tiresome really quickly if every song tried to say absolutely everything. So when you've got a selection here, there's 13 of them, you can whittle away the bits. And we could take out verses sometimes and take out some ideas just to kind of thin it out and give space. And, you know, somebody did actually... um, So much good feedback to the couple that we've put out already. Um, But one of them, uh, someone did respond saying, I just felt like it lacked a confession verse. Um for the um for chris's if the fields and mm. there's there's a sense in which it's true but there's also a sense in which well that, that's because it's one of 13 and it just is yeah. not trying to, so it expresses the sorrow and asks for restoration but then maybe there's another place to bring very explicit confession as well. if the fields are parched and the trees are felled will the rocks cry aloud on their If the birds are starved and the beasts are killed Will the bones in the dust lift a song? Have mercy, Lord Have mercy, Lord Forgive our broken ways Have mercy So we've got these songs and then there's a process then of kind of taking those original demos and those original kind of quite raw song ideas and then (laughs) arranging them to be an album. And I know on previous albums, but there's been quite clear kind of ideas. So Songs for Sundays, this is really clear idea. These have to be playable by an average church band. Yeah. Or when you came to the... um, the live album last year it was like okay these are going to feel live they're going to feel quite contemporary sounding they're going to you know we had those kind of constraints around it as well we're going to have a real live congregation there all that sort of stuff so what was the um well i should probably say what was the original idea for this album (laughs) and then what was the actual 2020 kind of concept that you came to once we hit lockdown yeah because we basically arrived at matt's studio expecting that the album was going to be a live album. So we had this thing, we were going to take our families, weren't we? All our kids mm. and grandparents mm. and whatever, and we were going to gather together and we are going to record it live, film it live in this beautiful chapel in North Yorkshire, Wydale, where we often go for our songwriting retreats. And it was literally at the point we arrived for pre-production, we were thinking, is, I don't think this is going to be, I don't think it's going to be possible. In fact, I had to phone Mark at Wydale while, we, while I was with Matt to say but weren't, we can't weren't the come. numbers coming weren't the numbers coming down you know in, on the news items you can only gather in groups of yeah 80, I know. <laughs> five, <and> the next <laughs> day was, it's no it's 50 or smaller and smaller like, oh. and, and i was sort of holding on because you know we've got this plan and you don't want to let it go and so on and then we sort of had to we had to make a call at that point as i say there's no point in planning this for something that's not going to happen so i'm sort of think i arrived and uh we said right this is going to be a studio album isn't it uh, <laughs> okay let's start from there 
So in your mind, Matt, what was what were the kind of touchstones? What were the, what were you thinking as you were arranging it, and as you obviously were then recording it, kind of piecemeal with people sending you stuff? What was what was holding it together? Uh, well, I think um, there were little bits which we could keep from when we were planning it to be the live album. You know, we'd sort of got a certain number of musicians sort of lined up, and obviously that personnel just sort of starts to define the sort of sound and instruments you're yeah. going to have. So we had a little bit of idea from that, but and I think some of that kind of remained. Sort of obviously the songs kind of rule and lead, but um, but yeah, then pretty quickly you're thinking, okay, well, it gives you a bit more creative freedom. Yeah. So you're just thinking, yeah, at that point you can just open the the gate a little bit wider to what what you can do with the song, and and because it's probably a little bit more constrictive doing a live thing with the yeah. same musicians in a room with the crowd, etc. So it just meant yeah, you could okay, let's let our hair down a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, um, it's not a complex album, but it feels to me there's. If, the more you listen to it, there are more little intricate bits going on mm. than maybe all of our albums, or maybe since the Christmas one, that that had quite a lot of those things. But the ways you use the strings and the, the way the backing vocals come in and out and, you know, mm. lots of things like that where you've you've clearly had the space and the time to, you know, put those bits mm. in. Yeah, I think it was um, definitely a case of you'd... Because you're getting people in sort of one at a time and because of the whole COVID and people's schedules, it was in a sort of a random order often. So you'd be sort of literally, okay, while I've got, you know, Geraldine in, let's get her to do some BVs on, you know, and you're sort of yeah. trying to think, we haven't got the, yeah. the lead vocal yet, but if you sing that, you yeah. know, just, we sort of, um, yeah, we're sort of chucking as much stuff down as we could as people were coming in to try and, mm. you know, fill up the gaps, which meant I think, yeah, those little details and intricacies sort of happened. But um, yeah, And also yeah. we... Bless him. We started off obviously with the drums and the fabulous Troy Miller um, mm. recording from his place. And bless him, he had <laughs> other things which were he's, pressing. He's got like he's, he's got four he's kids, in, hasn't he? And so he's, he's got, there at home, yeah. homeschooling four kids, and trying to <laughs> yeah. slip out and record drum tracks for us. Yeah, but I mean, bless tell- him, I think his is what I was going to say. His wife was really poorly as well. Oh, so nice. yeah, and so he was struggling to get the drums done for us. So we had we had a lot of time at that in in that sort of window just to. Oh, yeah. Let's throw a little programming down here <laughs> and there. So we had lots of ideas that were just sort of starting to happen before we even got going with the tracking. So. Yeah, but Troy's a serious dude, right? Tell him, tell people oh, who man. else he's playing. He played with. Well, he was uh, Amy Winehouse's drummer back in mm. the day, and now he's producing Laura and Vula, Gregory Porter. And I think the reason he couldn't do our drums was because he's producing Diana Ross's new album <laughs> and she was asking him to do... string uh, arrangement's not quite right, Troy. Can you tweak it for me? <laughs> but Bless isn't him, it yeah. true that he said that Joel Payne was more of a diva than Diana Ross? Yeah, that is yeah. the way I so demanding now on the, on the music scene. Awesome. Bless so him. just um, tell people a little bit, because I was at one of those days of pre-production that we did in your studio and I, I find that process really fascinating to come into a room you've got the songs they're really roughly and then you sort of kind of start to say what sort of shape is this going to take and and one of the things i noticed is you know playing um other tracks and going you know you're not trying to emulate that track or say well it's just, just make it a copy of this but you're saying maybe the drum part from there or the drum groove or this so what are the some of those influences that that came into this album yeah, it's, it was great. And also, it's great having the four of us in the room. Definitely mm. a big fan of collaboration more and more these days. So the fact there was four of us chipping in with all these random references, is what we call them. Yeah. Juby was the king of the reference, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. Definitely. Had all sorts of tracks up his sleeve. Like, what is yeah. that? They'd all, be, but, um, they'd all be by acts who didn't have real names. They just had symbols and initials <laughs> yeah. for their... That's something I've never heard of. We had Gautier at one point, didn't we? Yeah. What, Jean-Paul? Jean- Jean- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bit of art, bit of fashion, um, whatever he is. Uh, but do you know what I mean? We, we think we tried going for quite a band sound. We thought yeah. that was a nice way of sort of giving it a nice sort of yeah. production, but also keeping it still quite sort of accessible feeling. Obviously, when you've got church bands sort of doing that sort of stuff, so we yeah. had, you know, talking about Delamitri a lot, a lot of Coldplay yeah. popped in, as you do. As you yeah. do. And then yeah, yeah. through to a weird, you know, athlete, but then obviously with, like, If the Fields, that went all a bit Leonard Cohen. Mm. You've got, um, what's that chap you like, Joel? Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. Yeah. 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 Loved a bit of his awesome. stuff. There was a really um, cool thing, what reference, wasn't there? One of the tracks that just had some crazy bongos on a Kiwanuka track. And so oh, yeah. we had to throw some crazy bongos on. <laughs> on, on, on one of 
I thought with this album, we sort of had two two stabs at it. The, the initial idea was was quite a visual one. The initial idea of the gathering and the multiple generations mm. and so on that would really be sold by the by the videos of, of yeah. how it looked and so on. Once we went into the studio, we had to say we're going to ask people to sing about stuff they don't normally sing. Mm. So they're going to have to really love these songs in order mm. to sing them. And therefore, I, so, so I kind of, like, like where I put the centre of it, sometimes, you know, like you said, for Songs for Sunday, the centre of that was what is your average church band? What can they reproduce? What is going to be helpful? And so on. With this one, it, I felt like it had to be, the songs had to be written in the same way, just as accessible. But in terms of the way they're presented, it had to be something that people are going to stick on the radio, stick on again and again and play it on repeat until they really grow to love the songs. Because we're trying to say, sing something a bit different. Mm. And and if we'd made, if we'd had a very worthy attempt at doing that whole kind of accessible thing as well, I think we could have we could have lost a bunch of people who are exactly the people we want to get. And we want to kind of draw into this kind of into this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just found it interesting going from Songs of Sundays <laughs> to this because um, while I was totally on board with the whole idea and behind Songs of Sundays, I think I've definitely changed a little bit since then because um, I remember giving the record to people that were in exactly those average church band, you know, teams, thinking this is this is perfect for you. We've laid it up for you here, yeah. and they'd come back and say, "Well, it's a bit sort of." And it wasn't very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> but then you think, actually, what people probably, what gets them into something is that they just love it. It's yeah. a track. Wow, I love this. Even if, yeah. if it's completely unattainable. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what, they, they want to do it because they're just, they've completely sort of given themselves, you know, they're invested in the song. Yeah. So um, I think that's where we wanted to head a little bit this time, just making something that people would absolutely really love and have a bit of flamboyance to the production. So people just, wow, I'm really invested in this track. I love it. Mm. And that hopefully would then translate to them thinking, yeah, I want to do it and making it work mm. for them. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember a moment when we, we talked about a Noah and the Whale track for mm. yeah. one of the grooves. And we were into yeah. that. And then somebody else said, oh, but there's also this worship track that, that you know, we could go down the, you know, that kind of line and started playing it. And then Joel went, no, 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 turn that off. He got me cross. It was really, it was a really interesting moment to say, if if we, you sort of said, if we get that in our heads, that's where we'll go. What, what mm. were you thinking then, Joel? Oh yeah, I'm a bit contrary, I suppose, aren't I? And I, I no, I, yeah, no. <laughs> I think Joke. okay, I'm going to be really, I'll be really honest. I don't. There, there is a, there is a worship sound. Mm. I mean, and I'm really massively generalising, but I think you know the sound I mean. And I don't mm. love it. Just musically, I don't love it. And I also think it is, I think it's exactly that, that kind of song Sunday's idea. I think often it is quite unattainable because it is, it's often built on a wall of sound and atmosphere and, and so on. And And I just feel like... This is interesting because I've said on the one hand I want a load of people to find it accessible and love it, but at the same time I can't quite settle for just making it sound like other worship music. I, f- I feel mm. frustrated by the worship sound being so narrow, narrow, mm. and so I want to draw in influences from all over the place and try. And find- I feel like the songwriting is really important. You've got to write songs that congregations can sing and musicians can play, but then once you've got there. You, they don't have to sound a certain way, and mm. I think, yeah, I I think I probably overdo it if I'm honest. You know th- that thing of no, it sounds like a worship song. Switch it off because it is a worship <laughs> song. Of course, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. one. But but yeah, I definitely have a kind of gut reaction to just kind of keep trying to steer us away from that. And it's not because we want to become really kind of esoteric and avant-garde. It's just not to settle for the default. It's trying to bump us out of the rut and find something fresh. Yeah. yeah. Definitely I've, made your point with them. We are the tenants, say eh, Joel. That was in, yeah, <laughs> kicked it was, out of the. I was going to say this is the funkiest resound album that I'm aware of. Or well, certainly yeah. this is the funkiest tracks. You know, we are the tenants has got like an extended road solo. <laughs> oh, yes. man. what's going on there? Oh, well, we we knew we were going to have Mark Edwards play on the album. Yeah, and the, the minute that song came up, we're like, well, the, you 
you can't not do that when yeah. Mark's, you know, on a project. I love it. I love it's it. So amazing. So I love it. That, that just the fact that it goes on longer than I expected it to. I sort yeah. of expected it to come yeah, in and like eight it? bars yeah. and then it's gone. But you're like, there's oh, more. He's, they're letting him go. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that was a bit of a trend on the, on the whole thing. I think all the intros I made massively long and all the pre-productions. Thinking, well, we can cut it later. <laughs> yeah, we'll never, <laughs> we, we never, never did. But... <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's great. Yeah. And there's a, there's a real voice on there with the tenants. Who's singing on that? Oh, oh we've discovered this lady called Scylla, Scylla Mosley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, She was in with another artist as a sort of group vocal session we had in the studio. Mm. And um, I know she just lives down the road from us here um, where we're based. So um, we were thinking, oh, we need someone with some, you know, real beans for this track. And yeah. uh, she was just perfect, really. So Yeah, yeah. sounds amazing. And then yeah. you let, as you said, you let Gos- um, Geraldine go all gospel backing vocals on... Uh, God the Maker. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was a bit of um, an interesting sort of juxtaposition having her and, and yeah. James, oh, James yeah. in the lead on that track. Because yeah. he's got a great voice, but it's very different to you know, mm. Jerry's gospel mm. thing. But it was really nice actually having the two together. I think, yeah. yeah. Sort of I think that's my nice flavour. My, I think that's my favourite track, uh, mm. m- musically. Um, there's something, I think you mentioned a little bit of kind of, sort of township influence kind of there. Mm. Yeah. And it's just that... I love the boldness of having Jerry quite up front and mm. um, and throwing in these little harmonies and oohs and uh, and bit, bits and pieces. Um, the, the, it's such a boldness to the track because it's got a kind of a vibe and a groove. It's nothing, you know. We've done this. Th- this is the one song which we've carried forward from before because it was so bang on for for Doxicology, mm. and it's nothing like the version we've had before. It's got something mm. completely new to it, um, and I love. Yeah, I love the freshness of it, and I love the way that James and and Geraldine work together on there. your favorite what about you matt what's your favorite oh i've got quite a few really when i thought if the fields i, I loved the song just from mm. the beginning i just felt like it, it just hung together so well as a little thing and it i think it came together really well too um that's, the other tenors, that's ryan isn't just, it that's ryan flanagan singing on that one yeah who that's right yeah came in fairly last minute but he's a sort mm. of friend of a friend mm. in the states sings with yeah. liturgical folk and nailed it yeah brilliant and he yeah, helped us out on a couple of tracks which was fantastic um, obviously, We Are The Tenants is pretty cool. Mm. Um, and then the stuff that uh, Matt Tinsley, he's, he's a friend of mine that's uh, he's sung on a few tracks as well. He, and so you saw that it was good, mm. uh, which you've mentioned earlier. Just the way that sort of groove came together and him singing on it, yeah, I like that. Had a good sort of, that nice band, Coldplay sort of vibe. Yeah. It's just good, yeah. Lots of highlights though. Thank you. 
I think for me, nature shines with beauty. Just before we mm. recorded, I put that on quite loud and laid on my floor oh, yeah. and just let that kind of wash oh, wow. over me. And mm. I, I think that's such a brilliant song. It's very, very simple, isn't it? It's mm. got about, about 12 words in it or something. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's just, ah, oh, I just think it's, the, what, what you've done with it is, is beautiful and all the strings and, and you know, Gemma's yeah. voice and yeah, it's really Yeah, the good. soundscape is great, isn't it? It's very mm. sort of cinematic. Very yeah. wide. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And awesome. don't, don't you think that Chris Juby really came into his own as a songwriter in this project? Mm. I think of all of us, mm. Chris got hold of this in a way that, that and, and with a real sort of poetry mm. and, and simplicity, he just captured, he captured doxicology in a, in a way that I think the rest of us just couldn't quite pull off in, in the same way. I was so impressed with, with the way he yeah. did that. Mm. And if the yeah. if the fields are parched, that is one of the only ones from the early, very early efforts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember having that okay. meeting? Uh, we did that overnight and playing each other yeah, our we songs. We did, and, yeah. And that it's that one, and and funnily enough, Let Praise Resound made it onto the previous album yeah, and didn't end up being. But if you oh, right. of course listen to Let Praise Resound, it's all about creation. So. Um, but it was it was that trying to sort of find those songs that were far more nuggets of something of the theme rather than the whole theme. I think Chris got that early on mm. where it took us a bit longer. Um, yeah. And just say it's, it's gone. Um, great that like Chris's songs have real gravitas to them, which is probably very him. Mm. But that the album has not only that stuff and obviously like Keiko's Lament, which are, you know, really heavy tracks in a great way. But you get through to like Paul's arcs. Yeah. Little Creation Sing, which has that lightness and it's a, you know, mm. a sort of all generations can get involved in that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. So it's nice having those sort of elements. Do you think he's the... Oh, you probably wouldn't expect it, but... Do you think it's the only song on CCLI database, which has like 10 million songs, with the word narwhal in it? <laughs> I, I haven't actually tried. I should look it up. I'm going to go and search. Also that rhymes daughters with otters. Yeah, you have to have a certain oh, accent, yeah. don't you, for that? Doesn't <laughs> it come from a certain place to get away with that. <laughs> um, Matt, I just wondered if people... I mean, you obviously recorded this, you know, uh, by people sending you stuff, you know, and it, it wasn't the band thing that we were hoping for. I just wondered people might be interested if you got any tips, if they're doing a similar thing. Maybe they've, you know, they've got a song and they want some friends to put some drums or some guitars or whatever... Any tips for people kind of listening and wanting to do it in this kind of way? Yeah. I mean, do you mean sort of technically or just sort yeah, of more yeah, just creatively? Like how, I suppose technically, because people, you know, that's the stuff that people don't always know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's not too tricky, actually, once you sort of get your head around the fact that um, you basically all need to have the same start point for the song, yeah. basically. So make it in your, you know, digital audio workstation 0. 0.0. Mm. Um, obviously, and if you once you've got some, uh, you know, guide tracks or whatever to start the process off, if you make sure you when you make your bounce of that to send to people, you start that from zero point zero, even if the song obviously doesn't start from there. Yeah. Or an equivalent, just a sort of definitely lo- locator point, and then when they send their stuff back, they send it from the same place. Then the syncing is easy, you know. Yeah. When you import their their audio, it just goes right to zero point zero. And it, it's all going to sync up perfectly. And the little technical things, I make sure you're recording at the right, you know, uh, sample rate, bit yeah. rate. Those yeah. are things will help as well, which I won't go into now. But. Is there a better... Um, so that's, that's the technical stuff, really. As long as you've got that down, it's... I, f- I found a song. There is a song with Narwhal in it already. No. Ah. Yeah. It's the Rend. The Rend. Oh, what? wow. They've done it already. Rend Kids, God of Science. Right. Oh, what about Armadillas? We had armadillos as well oh, in Little right, Creation Sing. I'm going in. Come I'm on. going in for the armadillos. Come <laughs> there, on, you might as well. Armadillo. Come on, come on, come on. What? No That's way. also in God of Science. Hang on a minute. Hang on a I'm minute. Check this song out and find out whether he's. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, God of Science. Do, 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 it's also do. in Singing Syllables by Julie Stanley and Mary Green. Singing Syllables. Yeah, Supernova. Come on. What else can so you you're telling part? me two two songs both have narwhal and armadillos. No, no, only one song has. Oh. Well, then no, two songs. Yeah, as in yeah. Male Creation saying. Um, That's the worst. Yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. 
so obviously we have these you know uh, restrictions we couldn't gather people together we couldn't get a choir of people together because you're not allowed to sing on each other but i believe that there was a way that you kind of got around that and sort of crowdsourced some some input how did that go yeah we were as normal pretty keen to get a little crowd on it so it sounded a little bit con- congregational mm. and um i think joe thought let's um let's get the 12 song challenge people involved yes and yeah. uh, we sort of got i think half the songs we thought let's get half the songs out to these lovely people and just ask them if they can sing along send, you know just a chorus or two here and there yeah. and send it back and um it worked a treat actually yeah and i tell you what, i've never felt so popular in my life my inbox was just <laughs> <in the way. laughs> i was like wow this is amazing and um you know as the deadline day came it was just like getting inundated what, but it was what, fab what did you do like did you get a load of tracks and then have to sit there for ages editing lining them up or did you just stack them on top of each other and just say you know the more we've got the better it'll sound yeah, at first it's tricky because obviously they're really exposed. Yeah. Just the first few. <laughs> thinking, wow, okay. But exactly, you just um, stack them up as they come in. And it was great because some guys were doing harmonies and ad libs. It was fantastic. So, and um, yeah, once you get everything all stacked up together, so you think, oh, wow, yeah, it actually sounds like a group of people in a room. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was brilliant. So grateful to those guys. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. Ah, well, you're awesome too. So, thanks for uh, doing this. Oh, absolute pleasure, yeah. Loved it. And, uh, yeah. It was an honour. It's an an exciting album. And I think, you know, as Joel said earlier, you know, people are excited about it because it's it's really filling a gap. Um, Mm. But, you know, you you guys have have made it actually sound good rather than just be a a very worthy thing. It's actually something you just want to listen to. Uh, So, well done, fellas. Yeah. Good job, Joel. Well done. 12 Challenge. It's time to review the 12 song challenge from August and uh, our challenge for August was to write songs inspired by the women in scripture. We had a fantastic uh, roundtable conversation with Keiko and Rachel and Rebecca last month to kind of launch us into thinking about this. And um, Sam, have you been keeping up with this on the on the Slack forum? Yes, I have been uh, commenting um, on and off. It's, I think a lot of people have said that with it being August, a lot of people have been on holidays yeah. and stuff or, you know, trying to cram in their work in, in the gap. So um, possibly not as much as normal, but I have probably listened to more than I've commented on. And So you say. <laughs> no one can. No one, no one yeah. will ever know, apart from the Lord. Um, but I, again, just amazed by the variety and... Mm. You know what you would think of as maybe a bit of a niche idea. I think we kind of came into it with a little bit of trepidation as to whether this was a, you know, a good idea or yeah. not. And and actually, it's been a brilliant idea. And there's there's been like so many amazing songs that have come out. You know, some people have gone far more down the the feminine angle. Very specifically, there's a, a Leslie Kennedy song about uh, God mothering and a few others yeah. along those lines. And then others, it's much more that idea of being inspired by a particular woman or particular women. There's one about um, Timothy's... Oh, Timothy's grandmother. Mother and grandmother. Yeah. 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 And it it being a prayer for children. And it's just so usable because you can just imagine in a dedication or anything you're talking about passing on to the next generation. You know, immediately, here's a song, and it's really confident and like, yes, God, you will do this. And I love, I really love that one. I I have to say, I'm really drawn to the ones about the obscure characters. I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't help. Yeah. I mean, there's some great people have written some brilliant stuff from the Magnificat and Hannah's song and Miriam's song and some of those yeah. things. Um, but there are also one or two where people have gone have gone a bit more obscure. I thought there was a um, Heidi wrote a lovely one. Um, well, a really unusual one about now. I don't. Is it Goma? It's Hosea's yeah. wife. You know, basically yeah. Hosea. This whole thing he has this adulterous wife. is kind of metaphor yeah. for well, not more like a living parable of Israel, and actually writes a song sort of from her point of view. It's extraordinary, and I and it just has these kind of slightly shades of minor key eighties pop with hints of Kate Bush to it. Um, I don't know if that's what Heidi was going for, <laughs> but that's what I heard in there. Um, I thought there was a um, another one. Um, I noticed Rebecca wrote one basically inspired by all the women on scripture. Rebecca was on the podcast last time and she was just talking yeah, about how yeah. so many women in scripture inspire her by their courage and kind of willingness to say, right, yeah, okay, whatever it is, Lord, I'm going to do it. 
Uh, so she she wrote about all of them at once, but in a really <laughs> lovely song, and it's got, it's very kind of simple. Um, got nice nice repeats and stuff. Um, was definitely interesting. That a bunch of people took on this idea of either taking something like um, the the Holy Spirit, kind of the, the Sophia feminine word and and, and so yeah. on drawing on that there's definitely some debate going on let's let's be honest and um we won't we're not going to spend time on it today but there's definitely some ba- debate about female um mm. you know mother god and, and other things yeah. like that so i mean carry on those debates yeah uh, but frankly we could we'd fill the rest of the podcast if we start getting into that so yeah and um, i think well i think what we we kind of are very conscious that there are different points of view within our listeners yeah. and i think we're trying to be a place where those you know differences can be kind of can come together and either be discussed or or you know we can just accept that the fact that some of us believe different things or you know take different yeah. stances i think you know we we would only ever be worried if they were you know it was becoming angry or yeah know, rude or um, but I think that the fact that those differences exist and are being discussed is is a positive thing. It's a great place to bring a song, isn't it? If you bring a song yeah. to a whole load of people who agree with you on everything 100%, mm. it's harder sometimes for them to test it. Mm. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, really useful. Well, I, listen, I picked out one that, I, that, that particularly grabbed me. and another, It was another one on a slightly more obscure, not super obscure, but slightly more obscure um, character from scripture, which is Leah. Leah, mm. the kind of... Uh, Un- unattractive unwanted bride as she's kind of painted in the in the scriptures mm. and um amy took took this one on and wrote just wrote, wrote this lovely song um from leah's point of view i found that mm. so i've just had time and time again i found it so powerful that people have said i'm just gonna i'm gonna write from the point of view of of these women from yeah. within their experience and suddenly they stop being this two-dimensional character who's there just to illustrate the narrative or or to be a counterfoil to someone else Mm. and instead they become three-dimensional they become real people should we have a little listen yeah in the waiting and the longing through the cold and darkest night when the eye of every man were turned Rejection and in loneliness, I call upon your name. For you are God and King above all things. You know my isolation and my pain. Yet look on me with love that will not change. I will praise you. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. You know my isolation. That's a real... That's a really great real melody moment, there, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah, really. The pre-chorus is... is yeah. And she mentioned that she didn't actually... She just wrote a load of lyrics that didn't rhyme. And thought, I'll just try setting those. Um, and what's interesting is that it does basically rhyme in the, in the pre-chorus. And it's interesting how that, as well as having the great melody, really then stands out, really kind of gives it even more potency. And yeah. before before leaping into the chorus, and there's that that word isolation. I wonder if that sort of feels inspired by lockdown and COVID and stuff. <laughs> but it, you know, it's such a great word, um, and and it will continue to be a word that will will resonate with people even after this season. Yeah, and I like as well when the eye of every man, because there's sort of double meaning to that, isn't it? Like yeah. as a woman, she can say. When the eye of men, as in in terms of attractiveness, as in they, yeah. But then also you sort of man, mankind, yeah, humankind. Then you you could sing it as a guy or whatever, and and have have that sense. So that's that's. I, I my too. my thought with this song and perhaps all the songs actually, to some extent, is there's almost another stage, isn't there, to say, okay, now I've written this. Do I, do I keep this being quite specific about? 
this person or this situation or do I just kind of massage it a bit so that I mm. open it out into an outlet we can all kind of sing it in the first person so we, the inspiration from it the, the fuel and the food for it has come from the life of this character but it doesn't necessarily continue to always be about that character and that's one of the little questions isn't it as you, as you go through yeah. this or any song Sam have you written something this month actually I know you have because I've seen it's on the forum I have uh, I was inspired listening to the conversation between Rebecca and Rachel and Keiko and immediately after they talked about um, Jesus and the hemorrhaging woman I thought that's it I want to write a song about that so I ran off and quite quickly wrote this um, and I've had some feedback so I have changed it a bit based on what I put on the forum smooth I reached out for the edge of his robe I stretched out for the hem of his cloak Love came down And healed me Many years of rejection and pain All I gave only led to more shame Yet one touch has healed me. He calls us daughters. He calls us sons. And he restores us in healing Love can cast out no one job sam there you go you're a sensitive soul aren't you <laughs> <laughs> i mean you are but oh that's lovely that's really good um yeah the chorus really strong really simple uh, and what's lovely is it, it, it you know we know where it comes from but when you're homing on that chorus it's very much it's about me it's about you it's about everyone isn't it and that's i think that's really lovely um yeah what were the bits that that, that you were that you had changed so I had I reached out for the edge of his robe I've been touched by the hem of his cloak and I was trying to get this sense that she reached out but also Jesus sort of touched her and someone said well you know it the emphasis in the in the passage is that she is reaching out and she's choosing to do that and then he goes oh you know where did the power go so I changed that to I stretched out for the hem hem of his cloak so it's it's more like her action yeah in that first verse um and then tying up so i had this he calls us daughters and sons yeah. so I had these really super long notes in the in the chorus and people were like can you connect those up i think dave brackenbury and others suggested you know put a few more syllables in and just make them tie up yeah. a little bit more that's really nice. I had a couple of thoughts for you, yeah. if I may throw them in. Um, one of them is, I just wondered in the opening verse, in terms of the tense, because it's all past tense, isn't it? 
Yeah. If, if you were to go, um, uh, this is right. I reached out for the edge of his. Well, if you change the tense to reaching out for the edge of oh, yeah. his robe, stretching out for the hem of his cloak, love comes down and heals me. I'm making slightly up. I wonder about putting it in the present tense. Mm. It's more about. This is a this is something I participate in yeah, rather than just a, a narrative story. So that's, that's a good, thought, good. and all, and you know you could do something similar. Melodically on the opening of the verse, you sort of a, you manage to avoid all the most secure notes in the chord because <laughs> you're you're playing this. Um, you're in it's an A chord, isn't it? On, yeah, me... so it's got like the six, and you sing the F sharp, the G sharp, which are the two really unstable notes. I mean, I'm putting those in the chord as well that I'm playing. So here's the thing I just thought, because it, it does mean that it, it's actually quite a pretty little melody, but the, the harmony sort of obscures the prettiness of it a bit because it makes them all awkward notes. What if you opened with an F sharp minor 7 instead of an A major 7? Or even F sharp minor 9? Because then actually two of the notes are much more at home in the... It, are much more solid and it's actually quite a nice stretching out for the hem of his come down so you go quite simple F sharp minor um, then the E major 7 then the F sharp minor and then oh, it's not E major 7 F sharp minor C sharp minor F sharp minor you might find play with it but you might find that the melody just sits a little bit more securely on it and you let mm. some of the prettiness of, the, of it come out it would get away the problem that someone pointed out. It does sound a little bit like, if you're in love with a beautiful <laughs> woman. I noticed that as well. Oh, good job, dude. Thanks, mate. How about you? Yeah. I had... Yes, I have actually written something. This is good. Did you hear the last episode? Did you actually catch up on my song? I did, listeners, just in case you wondered. I did do it. I, I wrote something for last time. Just not in time for the podcast. Um, but I have written something this time, and so I was. Well done. I was inspired by um, Sarah, 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 Abraham's wife, and um, I'd never noticed this before. And I feel like it's one of those things everyone's going to. Oh, what you didn't know that? Everyone knows this. There's this bit where God promises to Sarah, or Abraham, and Sarah, or Abraham, as they, uh, that they're going to have a child, and Sarah, Sarah laughs. She kind of mm. goes, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and God says. Uh, excuse me, did you laugh? And there's this, like, this real kind of confrontation. You know, how, what are you doing laughing when I make a mm, promise? So mm. she kind of mocks. Mm. And then when the promise comes true and the son is born, she says, God has made me laugh. Mm. And I I, I mean, I think I'd seen the thing, but I'd just not seen that that's how it begins with a mocking laugh. And then by the end of it, it's like she's just desperate to laugh. Yeah. She's sort of wish through these years of longing and, and so on. Mm. So I started out trying to do a kind of, yeah, he's made me laugh. Everything is good. And instead <laughs> I found my way into the into the intervening time in the story, which is where this woman who had laughed at the idea actually was desperately hanging on to it and and could no longer laugh because of it. And I just thought of so many people, you know, that's an experience for so many people. It's a really an experience for so many people in terms of... Um, Longing for children, certainly. Mm, there's mm. so much around in, of sort of, there's so much pressure and shame and other things. And there are often are promises that people make on God's behalf and, uh, and other things. It's just mm. become, become really difficult to carry it. So I might have written a lament. Which it might be my first <gasps> ever lament, but you'll be pleased to hear it's in a major key. <laughs> so I thought, a jolly lament about thought, laughing. Yeah, it's too jolly and, and so on. And it is a little bit, cliche imagine carol king singing it and i think it might be okay um i'll have a little go here it goes like this oh i've got to get yours out of my head now i just want to laugh again i've been praying i've been crying but the pain doesn't end the joy of the lord oh it's real i'm sure but i don't think i remember how it feels anymore i just want hope again i've 
been living where the darkness as my only friend Peace in my soul, those are words that I know But I'm waiting for that healing water to flow How long must I wait for this gladness? I've been here too long in my sadness I've ripped off that chorus melody from some <laughs> from the carpenters or something. Anyway, let's go first two. <laughs> I just wanna smile again. I've been clinging to a promise since I don't know when. I trust and I grieve and I try to believe that my God only wants what's best for me. I just wanna breathe again. I've been laying low and now I'm too tired to pretend So give me the grace that I need for today Keep me till tomorrow and we'll start this again How long must I wait for your mercy? You know my tears and the way that hurts me Saddest thing you've ever written. Yeah, it's a bit. I mean, in a good way. It's beautiful. Really good. I love it. I think I feel like I'd need to write about nine more verses and then pick out all the good little mm. little lines and nuggets. Um. But it is that I was listening to a James Taylor interview mm. the other day, and he has a very similar thing of these really sweet, sweet songs that you just think, oh, it's so beautiful. And then you actually look at the lyrics and you realise he's falling apart, you know, and he's, you know, he went through, you know, mental problems and drug addiction and all this stuff. And he's putting all that into his, these, these, you know, beautiful, sweet little melodies. Uh, it's very, very similar idea. I mean, would you, would you see this as a sort of performancey? Yeah. I d- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'd see it as, to be honest. Um, it is more performance. Yeah. You're not going to sing it as a, congregation i don't no you're not I, I think it's sort of lyrically and musically slightly steers itself away from that but I, I suppose what i would say is i think with with songs like this not this one necessarily there are times especially if you can make the words uh, the melodies quite intuitive where you just say that there's only one person in this congregation who's struggling like this but we're going to sing it together yeah and that's important to do sometimes but you can't yeah. you clearly can't do it all the time Lovely. Well done. Thanks. Who's the star of the month? Star of the month! This month, I'm going to give the star of the month to Heidi K. Heidi K. Heidi K. Heidi's been in there chipping on all kinds of people's songs, all kinds of comments and encouragements. And it's just such, uh, it's such an encouragement every time someone comments on your song. So yeah. when someone like Heidi comes along and says, right, I'm going to really get stuck in this month then yeah. it means a lot to all of us. So big shout out to Heidi. Great stuff. Yeah. You are the superstar of the month. It's time for the August challenge. No, it's not. <laughs> Try again. September. It's time for the September challenge. September challenge. A challenge for September is going to be very simple. We're not going to spend a long time talking about it. And we're going to put it out there. It's twofold. Well, the first fold of these foldings is that uh, Doxicology, obviously, is now out. And that was based on the idea that we saw a gap. We said there are not enough songs connecting ecology and worship. And it was hard and it was a long process and we threw a lot of songs out in the process, but <laughs> we've got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so, and we expect that you have gaps, either things that you think are sort of thematic gaps uh, that need to be written about, or uh, also sort of gaps in your service. So the gathering or the sending mm. or before the communion or whatever. Uh, I realise that many people aren't actually meeting at the moment, but you might think when we get back together, wouldn't it be great if we finally had a brilliant sending song or a, mm. we had a song before the before the reading of God's word or whatever it is. So whatever you think is a gap, uh, do a bit of thinking about it. Do a bit of reading. Maybe look at what other songs are out there on that theme because there probably are some, even if they're you know not ones that you would choose. And then having a go writing into that gap. So there's the gap, but the second fold of the twofold challenge is you have to write your song in six eight or three four. Should we explain what that means, or should we assume all the listeners understand? You should explain it. Okay, um, so <laughs> it's got to have three beats or six. So uh, a three four song is is more like a waltz. Da, 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 da. That can be a fast three. It can be a slow three. A six-eight song is really in two blocks of three. I mean, if you really want to be technical and you want to push your way all the way to twelve-eight, then please do. But essentially, it's got to divide by three. So we're just looking. We just thought we'd shove everyone into that um, boat this time because there are some of you that I know writing in six-eight and three-four quite a lot, but a lot of us just default to writing in four. We thought pushing you into five was too mean. <laughs> so we're going to go for that. And let's just see. I mean, people say that six, eight songs often have a kind of narrative quality and, and so on. Hey, mm. let's see. We'll find out. So that is your challenge for September. Well, that's all for this month. All that remains on Doxicology Launch Day is to play the featured song of the month. There'd be no surprise to hear that the featured song is from our brand new album. This song, we mentioned it earlier, Nature Shines with the Beauty by Chris Juby, sung by the marvellous Gemma, whose surname I can't pronounce. Is it? Shinovsky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. shines with beauty bringing us a revelation of the maker's glory leading us in adoration nature shines with Thank you. 
with beauty bringing us a revelation of the maker's glory leading us in a